Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today is the ninth episode of our engineering series, and where we will be discussing Hemmer, Palea, and others in the engineering series. Yay! We have arrived at Strange New Worlds a bit early to the station than maybe expected. <laughs> um, we, unlike Paravelt Plus, have not ditched Prodigy. We are absolutely still doing Prodigy. Do not worry. We have not forgotten. We love Prodigy just as much as the rest of these shows. Um, we are just waiting to schedule with our little sister. As you know, schedules of a middle schooler is insane. <laughs> and including our schedules, it's been difficult. So... Thank you for hanging in. Thanks for uh, letting us talk about something else this week. We're really, really excited to be discussing Strange New Worlds and the plethora of engineers that we have here today. Yeah, I felt like that was the longest intro I've ever done. I was like, okay, who else? Yeah. <laughs> all these engineers. And all these other bitches. Like, yeah. I mean, and all these other people. Like. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's been really nice actually doing this watch through for these episodes because I haven't watched Strange New Worlds since season two came out so for a lot of these today it's my second time watching it after the premiere always fun to see how my thoughts have changed or stayed the same <laughs> during yeah. each, each of these watches so it's just it's fun to be doing a show that's so fresh just like lower decks last week as well which oh. was a delight to talk about lower decks yeah and we get to talk about it more today which is even more of a delight yeah i am very very excited so we'll be jumping into that soon but first ashlyn i do want to announce a little bit of something we of course as you've probably heard if you've listened to the last podcast or the one before we are going to be doing the mirror universe next as our next series on the pod but before we jump into the mirror universe we were kind of thinking it'd be nice to just do one catch-up episode from one of our other series that we have not yet covered for a star trek series we use the word series way too many times. Like I feel like we yeah. have to go with another word. Se here. Some people say seasons. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Installment maybe. <laughs> uh, but <Chunk>. so yeah, <laughs> we've got still a lot that we haven't done for various series, including a lot of strange new worlds. So we wanted to bring this up as well as we're talking about strange new worlds because strange new worlds has not been covered in love and affection, time travel, villains, and feminism so like that's kind of a lot and stranger worlds needs some love and there's some other shows some other uh, later trek shows that need our love like picard prodigy and lower decks from these other series that you know either just content was not out yet when we were making the series or the show the whole last <laughs> show was not out yet <laughs> like prodigy and strange new world so ashlyn i'm really excited to get to sort of talk to you all about this and we're going to be putting a poll on all of our social medias as well as if you just want to email us at the Dara sisters podcast at gmail.com let us know what series you would like to hear if you'd like to go back to love and affection death fake outs uh first officers spooky holodeck we have some options so it's just a really exciting time of year i guess or time of the podcast because we get to talk about we get to go back and explore one of the themes from our other series 
Yeah. Oh, I love this. And also helps to jog my memory and kind of get my head back in different modes and yeah. uh, like different themes that we've talked about on the pod. Very excited about that. Personally, I really hope that everyone votes for Love and Affection in Strange New Worlds because Ooh. I want to talk desperately about this Chapel Spock oh, situation yeah. and I would love to scream about it. Um, yes. <laughs> so. See, I'm hoping for time travel in Strange New Worlds because with Tomorrow, Tomorrow, Tomorrow and those old scientists, I don't think I'd survive. Like, that's just the coolest. Two of the best yeah. episodes so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what, Rihanna? We also have not done Prodigy in the Spooky series, which <laughs> is a reminder to everybody that now is the time of year. Everyone's feeling quite spooky and Halloween decorations are up. I had my first Halloween party two Yay. nights ago. So that is a reminder to everyone. Who did you go as, Ashlyn? Oh, I was Captain Janeway. <laughs> oh, have you posted a picture of it yet on our, on our no, Instagram? No, not yet. I've been very busy, Rihanna. I do have a life outside of partying and um, <laughs> looking like Captain Janeway. I just want Janeway. everyone to see how phenomenal you looked. Um, I was truly blown away seeing your costume. The, seeing the full Janeway, you even cut your hair. You look just just outstanding dude. i did like, cut my hair thank you very much yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like classic halloween prep right of course <laughs> so oh yeah but you should go and listen to the spooky series because there are some phenomenal episodes that we covered in those series and also like what i basically took from it is that a lot of the best Star Trek episodes are incredibly spooky and scary yeah. and some of my favorites. So that's the plug. Go listen to Spooky. Enjoy yes. your Halloween. Absolutely. I loved that series so much. Thank you for the reminder. So Ashlyn, we need a friend on this journey. Yeah, we do. I So once again, for this recording, I have Janeway on my mic, my precious <laughs> newly found um, Janeway action figure. So I'm going to pick a companion Okay. For her to see who's yeah. gonna come on this journey your dressing is janeway you've got a janeway friend <laughs> like i just love this energy all right oh jesus <laughs> sorry okay Ashlyn. i want to hear Mariana, <laughs> you go first oh, who did you great. pick well i got harry mud um <laughs> he's kind of looking a little slutty he's got his little like um v-neck on He's got a deep V, yeah. Deep V, he's got some medallions, his little shoulder tassel, tasseled shoulder pads. You know the look, we've all seen the look. <laughs> You've seen any TOS with Harry Mudd in it. He's got his bald spot looking shiny today. Um, I'm just very disturbed that he's here, <laughs> but welcome Harry Mudd to the studio. At least he's in, he's like alive in the same time period as Strange New Worlds. That's true, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we might see him again, who knows? That's true. We have mm -hmm. a lot of mud content. So yeah. Ashlyn, who have you chosen? Mommy? Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I have Jadzia in her Klingon outfit. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. A fantastic moment. I have Janeway and Jadzia together. So it doesn't get better than this, folks. <laughs> yeah, and now she's um, gonna let Janeway sit next to or let Jadzia sit next to Janeway which is truly an honor I wish I were in the room where it happened Mud and I look along at Envy <laughs> at your situation here 
<laughs> yes, thank you. It, it honestly feels like they're at like a medieval like tourney together. It's like, oh, I must go sit with the queen and talk with her. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the knight. Two. Yeah. Absolute. Uh, yeah. Iconic. Wow. Well, thank you, action figures, for joining us, Ashlyn. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think it's it's time to dive into this watch list to tell the people what they want. Let us know what episodes did you choose for this amazing watch list to prepare us for this engineering series. Okay, so here's how this episode's going to go down. It sounds like I'm reading a lot of episodes. <laughs> But... I love when an episode starts with a caveat. <laughs> That's when you know. <laughs> it just it sounds like oh it sounds like more than it is because we're gonna be jumping around into like we're just we're gonna be going by characters for the most part rather than episodes. And so we used to do this all the time on the pod, as Rihanna reminded me. Like character based order is usually superior. So it's nice to be heading back to this direction for engineering today. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm going to be repeating a lot of episodes, but don't, don't worry. Like it's not 50. <laughs> it's not 50. <laughs> it's not the holodeck series. So yeah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be starting with the first section, fixing what is broken with Hammer, Children of the Comet, Ghost of Illyria, Memento Mori, Elysian Kingdom, All Those Who Wander, the next section is Engineering 101 with Professor Pelia, The Broken Circle, Tomorrow, 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 Lost in Translation. And then the last section <laughs> is called We're All Rushing Around. And then the first subsection <laughs> within We're All Rushing Around. Then Cross Training with Ahura with Children of the Comet, Momento Mori, All Those Who Wander, Lost in Translation, and Subspace Rhapsody. Then on to Surviving with Scotty with <laughs> Equality of Mercy and Hegemony. And we'll be finishing the episode up with Science with Spock with Momento Mori, Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, and finally discussing those old scientists. <laughs> Ashlyn, thank you so much for this watch list. It's truly magnificent. Like, I really enjoyed every second of this. And I think you compiled a really great list of pretty much all the different facets of engineering that we're going to be seeing here. Yeah. So just in general, I, I will say that te the Technobabble in Strange New Worlds is like a Bible that the writers have, you know, like, we know the Technobabble, it is very established. And so these episodes take chances and try new ways of engineering, like with music, literally, there's like music engineering, there's a lot of really fun things that Strange New World plays with, with engineering. And I had, I'm so I'm just so excited to talk about all these episodes. But Rihanna, the last thing before we get started is I'm wondering what was your favorite piece of Technobabble from this episode? Well, Ashlyn, I'm so glad you mentioned music engineering because this is my favorite techno babble is from Subspace Rhapsody. It is um, in one of their many meetings in this episode. They have quite a few staff meetings um, trying to figure out how to make everyone stop singing. Spock is talking about the musical outbreaks and he says that the song created a resonance fre frequency and dislodged something in the fold. So we have this fold, right? He goes on to say that it's an a quantum uncertainty field and that they have opened a rip into this musical reality. And he says, if they fly out, they will likely make the rip wider. So then Pelia says, 
Well, it looks like a zipper. Like if we can zip it, we can quote, combine the shield harmonics with the Heisenberg compensator. You have to connect both to the deflector array and generator beam manually. So <laughs> a lot going on here. First of all, the fact that there is a musical reality um, is just an amazing way to like make this episode work as a musical because I think we were all wondering like how are they gonna is it gonna be some space some like strange energies what's happening you know so hilarious I love that I think about if there is a musical reality that means that like Troy Bolton is real (laughs) his universe is just normal like he just goes around singing because that's his reality Dr. Horrible that's his reality you know so I was like that's hilarious but anyway I just also love the fact that we're bringing back the Heisenberg compensators. We've talked about these a lot in our engineering series and that they have to connect it both to the, to the deflector array and the generator beam just seems so insane. Um, I just thought all of this was an amazing meeting of complete nonsense that like I barely understood, but really loved, you know, I'm like, like you said, I've heard all these words before though. I'm like, I know what the deflector array is. And, I think I know what a Heisenberg compensator does, you know, so (laughs) it was very comforting in a way, but also just hilarious because we got to have this musical reality. And I love that now this is canon. This is a canon event, you know? Yes. Rihanna, see, my favorite part actually from the scene was after this like mind-bending nonsense that Spock is saying. (laughs) Kirk then says, literally James T is here, by the way. Um, And so he says, Mr. Spock, you explained that very well. I almost understood it. So flirting. Like the flirting, yeah, number one. And then just the like fourth wall breaking of them saying like, we know this is Technobabble, enjoy. (laughs) Exactly, just like, just eat it up, truck fans, yeah. It was top notches for me. Just thought that was phenomenal. Top notches. Amen. (laughs) Aces. Um, Ashlyn, how about you? What was your favorite Technobabble from these Strange New Worlds episodes? To be honest, you stole my Technobabble. (laughs) I had literally like the same scene picked out. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But I'm going to jump instead to this moment from Memento Mori when uh, her is on rotation in engineering with Hammer and he's kind of quizzing her and asking her certain questions. He says, what essential? what is the essential function of the AP350 device? And she says, it's an air filter. And he's like, mm, like you just read your textbooks. And, and then she interrupts him and she's like, um, okay, well, it was invented by Zig Well Organ in 2234. And it was deployed on Titan after Kressbrock after the Crestbrock mining structure collapsed. And then they upgraded, this upgraded module uses a charge position rod to stabilize the ion matrix, which then filters air. Um, So like sick (laughs) burn. But Mm. I was like, whoa, you know, I'm like, she she has the like inventor memorized, you know, just like showing how cool she is. And then again, I don't know, there's like some rods going on. (laughs) There's like a lot happening, some ion matrix which I, I don't know what an ion matrix is versus like ionic energy. So Or an ion storm, yeah. Ion is a buzzword uh, for sure in Star yes. Trek. Yes, yes. So I just thought that was great. It showcased how, showcased how cool her was. And also I don't understand anything she says. <laughs> great choice, Ashlyn. That scene was phenomenal. So funny and yeah, just again i think they were truly aware like this is crazy techno babble but that's the point yeah exactly wow. right all right well i think let's get into it <laughs> <laughs> let's um okay it, let's go hang out with hammer 
this is children of the comet the second episode you might remember that hammer did not appear in the pilot of strange new worlds for whatever reason so we get his yeah. introduction in this episode in pike's very swanky fancy kitchen that apparently <laughs> kirk like gutted when he got his enterprise <laughs> i think he probably agreed to a retrofit <laughs> and then they made the rooms like tiny cubicles <laughs> yeah, kirk is like wow it was way better under pike <laughs> way better when i saw pike's quarters <laughs> he had a fireplace where's my fireplace <laughs> but yet spock keeps the same quarters they didn't touch box <laughs> yeah, he's too precious he's like i need all this is the same <laughs> oh man um okay so so yeah okay let's talk about this hammer introduction because we learn and i always forget this that hammer is new to the enterprise and yet he already is like besties with spock because like they're very similar they they like to do a little teasing they joke around in their own way um they kind of mess with ahura with the whole carrot scene <laughs> and i noticed too that like they're just, it seems like there's already a comfortability around Hemmer with the rest of the crew as well, like the rest of the bridge officers, I should say, who are like mingling around, getting plates ready or just like getting stuff for dinner ready. I thought that was really cool and interesting. Like, I, I always forget that this is Hemmer's, like, also he's fairly new, you know? This is a great point, Rihanna. And I do notice that everyone really respects Hemmer. And I think he's somewhat putting up this like face you know like a, kind of a hard shell which is it's very andorian yeah, um, yeah totally gotta but, be a little bit of a tough guy yeah but man what a what a mushy man deep down like <laughs> i i absolutely love hammer and you can see that right away because hammer is chopping the carrots and no one's bothering him like no one's like well ahura asks you know like oh do you need yeah. help because i see that you're visually impaired and he's like nope he does the whole classic like my other senses compensate yeah like, <laughs> um, it's different for us anar yeah yeah exactly um and i let's briefly say that the anar was a species that appeared in enterprise actually Woo. they are andorians like sector like subsect uh that lives on this other planet and they're pacifists and mm -hmm are like very peaceful. So it's very cool that Hemmer is here on the ship. Um, I love that. Thank you yeah. for that little tidbit. Yes. Yeah, he's so cool. And so we don't learn much about his engineering yet until we get to this moment where they are trying to adjust this comet's trajectory. So it does not crash into a planet, <laughs> classic. And they're talking on the bridge and they suggest using four ion engines programmed to fire in a sequence to account for the comet's rotation. So they do get these, they have to like pretty much reconfigure these photon torpedoes to do that. And I love that La'an is like, we'll have to make these adjustments. And then Hammer's like, actually, I'm going to be the one making the adjustments, you know, like, let's talk to me. Because I think that's so true about so many engineers is they're left out of the loop, but they're just like, just do this. And he, I just feel like more staff meetings need to involve the engineer, even if you got to get him on the little, little Zoom that you guys have. I totally agree with you, Rihanna. <laughs> But, you know, he gets it done. They have like an hour to reprogram these four torpedoes. Yeah. It doesn't work, you know, but <laughs> they tried. <laughs> they gave it a good old try, yeah. So then I think let's jump to Ghost of Illyria. This is just some engineering tidbits, you know, we're just yeah, yeah. throwing in we're sprinkles. We're just seeing a little bit of Hemmer, yeah. Yeah. Um, in Ghost of Illyria, we have the return of Ion. Um, this time <laughs> it's in the form of a storm. So yeah. Ion Storm going down. 
on Illyria is the planet. And yeah. the most of the away team is beamed up, but Pike and Spock are left behind on the surface. Everybody else, including number one, are uh, beamed back up. And when they're getting beamed up, the Kyle, the transporter chief, he's so mean, I guess. <laughs> I guess, um, yeah. He... It, he like calls down to him or he's like uh i'm losing them like mm -hmm. it's hard to feed them through the storm and so he so hammer reroutes the auxiliary power and uses a temporary engagement of emergency system backups so he's okay, just pulling a lot of power to the transporters basically and then that gets them to beam up but he can't do that again because the storm is getting worse so yeah and they make that joke of like I mean, it's not a joke to them, but it's to us of like, I can't imagine what the effects would be if we beaten them up during this ion storm. And I'm like, I can, you'll be going to the mirror universe. <laughs> mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the ionist one of them all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like just wait a few episodes and we'll be there. So yeah, I just thought that was really funny. Great little just moment of, of Hemmer being cool about it. He's cool about everything. And he's just like chilling, doing his job. Uh, not even running really just like walking casually through, at his console i don't know i just love to see it and you know as we go on we learn that there's this contamination of light light addiction light addiction on, yeah. on the ship and hemmer thinks that the transporter like would have caught any kind of contamination which we have seen like in a lot of story in a lot of trek you know like oh the transporter definitely would have gotten it it's like <laughs> not always so i think that's a funny it's funny that that's also his fallback is like it definitely is not the main transporter it must be menbanga's secondary transporter <laughs> which it is okay like he's actually right this time usually engineers are wrong when they're always like it's not the transporter there's no way like as much as I don't love the de decontamination sexy scenes in Enterprise, Phlox had it right about some things. Like, a lot of diseases were left to that room because of his precautions. But anyway, I digress. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> transporter biofilters are really important and essential because yeah. it's so easy to just wipe out the entire crew <laughs> if you it's don't so have easy. these precautions yeah. in place. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, this is macrocosm just, like, waiting to happen. I was just, I was stunned by that. But anyway, he's like planning to run a level five diagnostic on Menbenga's transporter, which of course is containing his daughter. Um, so he yells at him and says like, just, you know, do your job saving the ship. And I'm just trying to save these people, like get out of my way, essentially yelling at him for doing his job. It's not good. It's very tense moment, um, but <laughs> I'm glad that, do they ever work it out? I didn't, I don't really remember the ending to be honest. I think they kind of do. They just are like, all I'm right, sorry. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's I think literally the only circumstance of like disrespect I see from Hemmer and it's coming from a place of like, you know, his, his Mamanga's like fear of losing his daughter, so. <laughs> Of course, yeah. he's very defensive about this, Valid. Yeah. but to be fair, like that's the reason that the disease got through was because mm -hmm. it, like he refused to have it upgraded in space dock. And I also just want to point out like this is the like this is very fresh enterprise after her engagements with Discovery and everything that mm -hmm. happened. 
the ship was kind of redone. So everything's new. We're getting a lot of new crew on at this time. That noon feeling that you have when you're on the ship after it's been redone, I think is always fun for a little while because you know, like the engineers are thinking that too. Like this is all brand new. Like we just want to keep everything looking nice. (laughs) And you know, by the time a ship has been out for a long time, it's just looks like nonsense, you know, Scotty (laughs) level um engineering jerry rigging yeah jerry rigging everything yeah you're so right i love that that comparison it makes me think of like captain dayton in lower decks like making everyone take their shoes off she's like who tore this plastic off the weapons pedal <laughs> like i want yes. the ship to re- look really nice and some ship captains are like or engineers are so resistant of those kind of upgrades like freeman is you know like she's absolutely against that but also we see that pike also kind of loki hates some of the um retrofitting i think in discovery he literally was talking about how much he hates the holograms he's like we'll have those torn out you know and so well so yeah he hates the holograms but also they were removed from the enterprise in discovery when everything was going on with the ai and because at that point control was producing fake holograms and so instead of just like blocking the calls or whatever pike had all of it removed which is kind of crazy and (laughs) then i think number one makes a comment like we'll never need those again (laughs) so you know trying to set the stage for oh yeah this is the enterprise from tos yeah, Pretend. of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just got to redo Pike's quarters. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just like th- that's such a good point. And so I think Hemmer is trying to like, he's probably used to working on all this new stuff and all of this like retrofitted things and has not seen this this ancient transporter in a while. Um, so yeah, that was an interesting interaction, but <laughs> it sure was. I just real quick want to mention like Hemmer gets completely unhinged and he because <laughs> he also gets sick with the light obsession disease. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this man wants to feel the radiance on his skin. <laughs> oh, God. And so he transports ions, an ion sulfur alloy, which is a part of the planet mantle. And it, he says, quote, it took all of my efforts to do this. And so, like, he, he's trying to beam a part of the mantle onto the Enterprise. And Una is like, um, it's thousands of degrees. Like, you can't touch it. You're going to yeah. die. And he's like, that's when he talks about the radiance. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that was a crazy feat of science that is completely yeah. unappreciated because he was, like, losing it. Yeah. But good for him. He, if he anyone so needs- capable. He was so capable. If anyone needs a planet mantle to be beamed up, you know who to He's call. Ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Tilly level, like grabbing. I was dark thinking matter, that. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. That he's still a, just the most incredible engineer, even when he's losing his mind to the light addiction. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Great. <laughs> um, okay, so Ashlyn, shall we move on to Momentum Mori? Yes. This is the one I was just talking about with my favorite techno babble. Um, Hemmer's yes. quiz in a hurra. This is the first episode where she and Hemmer really have a bond starting to form. Yeah, because as is kind of introduced in this show, but it hinted at in other Star Trek shows, the cadets uh, from Starfleet have to do a rotation in every single department, which is a good way for them to get a feel of the ship, to be sort of versatile in anything, because we've seen so many Starfleet officers like Janeway, like Bolana, I'm thinking of only Voyager people, like 
Jadzia, yeah, absolutely. She can do a lot. Julian, even, you know, like there are so many people that in a pinch could, you know, help out in engineering. And Ahura, you know, is learning this right now as she's taking her cadet rotation. She had just done hers or is going to do hers with Lon. So I find this episode really cool though, because we do get to learn a little bit more about how all of that works and how this may be for some people really exciting if they're not sure what they're gonna go into. And maybe like some of this engineering rotation reminds me of Rutherford, you know, like trying out all of his new or all of the various departments on the Cerritos. Like similarly, you it seems like you have to do that at least on most ships or at least on some, posting for a while and so that's really cool i think <laughs> like truly hemmer would be one of the better engineers to have as your like teacher on that rotation because i'm thinking of scotty like as much as i adore him and would be like very excited to work with him there's no way i'd be able to keep up as like a random communications officer or like someone who worked in like say like what if i was like i don't know looking to just be like a fucking commander or something you know and then you're like okay sir like what do you need me to do in engineering he's like okay we need to take this paddle out and completely re-rig it and then we're gonna blow this up and then you're like ah! you know so i think that like hever is just very cool calm like he will teach you stuff he'll tease you a little you know because that's sort of his nature but he'll also i think he seems at least very patient with ahura and encouraging and not doing too many crazy out, out of the box things even when they do end up being stuck together um trapped together in engineering yeah i just want to add that ahura was it's honestly kind of like tilly like she wasn't fast-tracked at the academy but when mm -hmm. she graduated as a cadet she was sent to the enterprise and yeah. Pike says we don't see many cadets. And so I'm assuming that Ahura is one of the, maybe the only cadet on board yeah. Enterprise. And so she is unique because she's ranked so low compared to everybody yeah. else. Like she's not even an ensign yet. Except Chia. And <laughs> what? Remember Chia, the cadet who got killed when she just became ensign? <laughs> oh, that was sad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeez. <did>. But. <laughs> She so, also yeah. cadet, yeah. But I mean, very few. Yeah. And, and so that means, like, when Ahura's doing these rotations, like, when we would see, like, if we're watching Lower Decks, for example, we would see it would be a ton of people training mm -hmm. with the chiefs. And Ahura is getting specialized treatment, essentially. So, like, she's getting private tutors yeah. with all of these department Basically, heads. It's yeah. insane. Like, she is mm -hmm. hooked up. Um, no, truly. Yeah. yeah, like really. And so Hemmer, he just dives right in and he kind of takes, like you said, takes her under his wing. And when they are trapped together, his hand gets crushed by debris. And, yeah. and, and he says an engineer's most important tools are his mind and his hands. And Aww. so he's kind of devastated. He's like, uh, I yeah. don't know what to do. But he, Ahura says, you can, I can, you can tell me what to do and I'll do it. I'll be your hands. Yeah, and so it just shows how he's willing to sort of, obviously he has to because his hand is broken, but like, even so, he wasn't resistant. He's just like, all right, like, let me all sit down. You get to, you know, tell me which panels are this or blah, blah, blah. Let's talk it through. And so I think that was really, really great because obviously he's injured. He's in a lot of pain and truly remarkable to just be able to talk someone through this who has probably like, you know, a, a I know a decent amount of understanding, but not really the like practical experience to follow it through in a crisis situation. So he's just such a good teacher and um, he's able to like combine these like patience with like 
urgency in a way, you know, but not in a way that makes her feel like, oh my God, we're going to die, you know, like stressed out. She's just like, okay, next thing. It is hilarious though, when she's like, all right, did put in the panel. And he's like, okay, so now we can begin. <laughs> and she thought they were done, you know? And so this is just Hemmer's life. He's like, okay, next thing, next thing. Like everything, every repair leads to another thing that has to be repaired or whatever. So it's just like a really different mentality. And I just, I don't know. I find that really interesting. I love watching them uh, work together and talk together and Hemmer like leading her a little bit and teaching. Absolutely. Well, and he teaches her different ways to do engineering as well, because yeah. obviously he doesn't rely on sight. And so she, at one point she has to like move some rods around. I think I wrote the Technobabble if it matters. There are some malfunctioning rods and those should be cool so she can take them out to repair them. But she at first just like touches a hot one because she doesn't yeah. know like which valve is not working. And he's like, no, like you can do this he's much like, easier. He's like, I told you to like put your hand by it, not touch it. Like, don't <laughs> touch know? it. You burned yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I enjoy that. And that's definitely like, like Hemmer specialty type of engineering. It's always fun. Totally. That's such a good point. Yeah, because everyone that we've talked about has done engineering a little bit differently. And I just love to see all of these different ways that they're teaching and the ways that they know so super yeah. interesting yeah well i just want to just quickly add that the reason they got trapped in engineering is because the gorn is attacking oh, um, yeah. and yeah. they went no, into wait. yes Both times jesus christ sorry yeah i know i know um <laughs> anyway. the gorn is attacking and the enterprise has to go hide in a nebula while they repair and they only have one sure. torpedo have you heard of this before the Inter enterprise like going into a nebula to like wait out uh, no, like threatening not at all force. that's completely new to me okay i thought it was ringing a bell but i don't know no i've no, never seen completely. the wrath of khan i love it i i know i love it i love Voyager it there has at least 12 episodes of there's the in a always a friendly nebula around to hide why in. isn't that a series on our list yet the nebula series girly is it because it's too nebulous <laughs> all right um <laughs> well i think <laughs> i think that was a very terrible pun so i would need to keep you. going <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> i'm i'm honestly i'm proud of you though because it was it was good but i didn't Thank like you. it <laughs> oh I did want to say real quick before we go on that there is a um, they're having a meeting with all the people. They have the conference room TVs on and it was giving me so much TOS vibes because like we talked about, there's no holograms or anything. And so literally like you see Mambanga on the TV talking at them yes. and then Hammer's like, hey, we're trapped down here on the TV. So it I just made it. me happy like that, like, you know, they're they're respecting what came before. <laughs> Yeah, and I love that moment when Pike's like, okay, you have your EV suits down there, right? And Hammer's like, I'm afraid to know why. <laughs> like, you're asking that question. You're asking that question. Iconic. I just absolutely love that. Um, so, yeah, also yeah. disaster. Very, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uhura and Hammer have to fly around in their suits. Not fly around, but they get kind of flung around um, <laughs> in their suits. It's this crazy thing. They have to slingshot off a black hole. And we find out this episode that Hemmer wanted to be a botanist. This is new and amazing news that I will cherish forever. 
Yeah, well, and it again makes me think about lower decks who goes to space to be a botanist, like Hammer does. <laughs> study plants, yeah. To study plants, Hammer, he's Hammer. on the growing list, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good, yeah. Wow, yeah, it's he's just and phenomenal. He, I do love that quote he says when he's talking about being a botanist, because he said, I won't fight for Starfleet, but I will defend its ideals. Pacifism is not passivity. It is the active protection of all living things in the natural universe. Yes! See, that is what people misunderstand all the time. And I just, yes, Hemmer, I love that. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I, I'll say we're going to talk about Momentum Mori again in a couple with a couple other characters, but I'll just say like for the overall ship's well-being and how they get out of this situation, like Rihanna mentioned, they have to slingshot around a black hole. Cool, <laughs> casual, but I love this piece of technobabble. Spock said, Matrix, the Matrix exceeded critical limits before we could complete the repairs. And that's why they have to vent everything into space. Mm -hmm. What's, What's the matrix? The matrix. <laughs> what like, matrix what? exceeded critical limits? Like what? Okay. Which anyway. one? <laughs> Aren't there a lot? Or and is then, there one? Yeah. <laughs> and then right before they vent everything into space, I love that Hammer touches the like main engineering thing that they've been working on. And he says, I commit you to the cosmos. And yes. then like lets it fly away. I was like, oh, this is like so poetic. Like, oh, I love Hammer. Okay, yes, that reminds me of the kind of ritual that Cisco and then Dax d does um, when they're on the Defiant and they're using one of the like newest or one of their used power cells or whatever and they're like, this cell helped us live another day and got us through another day in this war, you know, and we'll use the next cell to like battle on or whatever and it was like their little speech and I just really love this idea of people in Starfleet like sort of honoring the like material and the like mechanics of their ship and what keeps them alive you know and like in a way i don't know it's just like this actually got a beautiful like honor of like the engineers who built it and like of course her hammer especially he's like i work with these engines every day kind of thing and i don't know it's just really neat it's special as Sarek would say, so human. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's very human of us to romanticize yeah. little objects that save our lives. Yeah, but I, I mean, love does, it. Does all of the do all the ships have names? Yes. Do all the ships have always have names? Yes. Do we all name our cars? Absolutely. So they're all like lady ships? <laughs> yeah, which what does that say about feminism and ownership of women? But anyway. It's fine. <laughs> I kind of like I that. The next one to be named like the the the, the Herald. James. But there is but there is Herald. like the like the Sulu, you know. Yeah, or the, the Ulysses was a man, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I guess. <laughs> Prolific iconic person in fiction yeah um <laughs> okay we we got way off topic um, <laughs> yeah so what we're talking about memento mori yeah okay. okay well so just this also sets up tragedy that is that is incoming because Stop. um hammer goes on to say because they are facing death and ahura is facing death for like the second or third time in like four episodes yeah. hammer talks to her and says that the anar believe that death only comes once you fulfilled your purpose he says my purpose is to fix what's broken and then they strap in and Ahura doesn't know what her purpose yet so she's like i hope i don't die yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then we get the pike maneuver 
which is the uh, using the black hole's gravity to slingshot to safety. And then the Gorn ship that was following them gets sucked into the black hole. So, <laughs> bye. Bye, bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen said, said bye, Felicia, like, <laughs> 10 years. Yeah, that was an old reflex that came back. Yeah. Um, um, oops, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's go on to Elysian Kingdom. That we are not completely done with Memento Mori. She will be returning shortly. Let's get yeah. Let's get um. Let's get some science and magic in here. I I'm so glad you included this. Sadly, like I of course want to watch this episode in its entirety every time, but I'm like, okay, gotta skip to Little Wizard Hammer. When when's my sweet little wizard boy coming? But like, it's truly just an honor to see him in these robes. To see him be like, I don't know what's going on like or, or they were asking like we see your wizard's robes and he's like being dragged he's like i don't know how these got on me they just appeared and they're like exactly like your wizardry is real or whatever and i just all of this introduction of wizard hammer is phenomenal and i'm so glad you included him in this list yeah of course wizard hammer is iconic also i love that in the story these two wizards are brothers and spock is the other wizard and i just feel like that fits so well just like with the stereotype that spock always helps the engineer and also just like shows their connection that hammer and spock have like they are brothers they tease each other i think these brothers have like a much worse relationship than spock and hammer but (laughs) it's still i still love to see it I know Spock's so evil this one and he's so hot while doing it. Like See, oh. I I know <laughs> oh my gosh. I cannot even tell everyone. Last night Rihanna was like on a Spock like she was feral. It's been a long time <laughs> since I saw her like that Spock obsessed. She was sending me uh-huh. so many pictures and she's like, He's so hot. <laughs> he's so hot. I, and I feel you, like Mariner. You made a Eras Tour poster with Spock's with last Spock. night. Yeah, yeah and it's on my it's on my phone cover now. So, and the top at the top of it is has a quote. This is logic is the beginning of wisdom, not the end. So you're gonna have to post this, Rihanna. I will. I will. I might even make it available on our website. You might make some merch. <laughs> <We'll see. laughs> if there's other Spock one, Spock lovers who want it as well, who am I to say? I love him. <laughs> I have him here. So, Ashlyn. Yeah, I do love that too, that they have a little bond, the wizard bond, um, the brother bond. And uh, yeah, so that they get they get captured and put in a cell, which I love is not the brig. Like, that is so funny that it's the transporter room. Yeah, but, do, do they not know how to use the brig? Like, what? Probably not. They're probably like, this is an empty room. Like, they don't know the force fields come up. Yeah, like, yeah. I absolutely think they just, there's bars on, <laughs> there's bars on the transporter. So they're like, okay. But it makes it a lot easier for Hemmer to aid in their escape because he has a little little like laser tool that he brought along. Probably it's like a hydro spanner or something. You know, yeah, I was trying to get a look at that tool. It honestly looked like a pregnancy test to me. I was like, wow. <laughs> Like what's happening? Too good, actually. Yeah, and he he's a wizard, so he he's able to get them out. That is great because it's Pike, Ortegas, Ortegas. Um, and Mbenga, yeah. Hammer and Mbenga. Yeah, Rihanna remembered all the names. I should just had you say it. Thank <laughs> That's you. Right, that's right. And then he literally, because the rest of them were like, what is going on? And he's like, I'm using powerful magic called science. And then he uses this little laser tool and he says, don't look, it'll blind you. And they're like, what about you? And he's like, I'm a wizard. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I die for him. He's so cute. Like, I thought, what a great scene. And great way to talk about engineering because like we've had this discussion too that like magic is just science that people haven't discovered yet so absolutely well and i think 
like he love he's caster is his wizard name he, yes. he gets really into it by the end of the episode um because spock and the queen and all of the guards are blocking them from going to get the stone which is like the into the quarters to go have Mambenga see his daughter and caster he like waves his arms around and he's just like casting spells and then he transports them all to cargo bay 12 <laughs> and he says this is he said the magic of science prevails <laughs> yes oh my god he's he's just perfect what a great i just love his sense of humor too like throughout all of this craziness he's just like oh man i'm just rolling with it <laughs> so wow yeah Okay, well, let's go on to all those who wander. I'm very Ooh. sorry to even have to talk about this. So, yeah, Hemmer does a lot of impressive things in this episode, some of which are not engineering related, but I do think it's important to mention a couple things. Firstly, that when they get onto the ship and are trying to get main power back on, Hemmer essentially is just, like, down to business. You know, we see no hesitation we see no confusion like obviously this is a starship it's pretty similar probably to the enterprise but there's got to still be the systems that are different or location in different locations or whatnot but once hemmer is inside he's just ready to go he's ready to start repairing he's like it's literally what they brought me here for he knows the ship well and he is then teaming up with uhura again and can i just say like the state of the ship is that all the power is down the controls were rewired to main engineering from the bridge. There's plasma in the circuits, and they were likely using energy from the warp core in the injectors as emergency power before power went out. There's no backup batteries. The matter and antimatter reactor is broken. Oh. <laughs> like, this is a laundry list. I'm telling you, this is what yeah. it's like Hemmer versus the world right no, now. Truly. On this ship. <laughs> And Hemmer says, Spock, you go to the bridge and try to get functions up going on there. I'm going down to engineering with Ahura. And again, I just can't say enough. Like Spock and Hemmer, their like trust in each other is so good. Like mm -hmm. to, to just know like, okay, yeah, I know Spock is going to have his shit together up on the bridge. He's basically me. So let's mm -hmm. go. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love that just quick like assignments they do. Hemmer's very good at, at delegating you know and not just doing all the work himself so okay okay hang on you, though Red. can i just like interrupt because yeah where's the engineering staff <laughs> where <laughs> i know i know where? and this is like every other star trek series like they will have either one person in engineering doing everything <laughs> or like a whole team and they're like the head coach of like a great team of people so like what's going on is this covid like where are the engineers and where like they don't all need to be on the Enterprise, because where's the Enterprise going? They're just, like, going to another assignment. They're not going to be look going into battle. And this potential distress call is, like, you might need something fixed real quick. And if you had ten more people, be done in a third of the time. I'm saying, like, why only send the chief engineer and <laughs> Spock? Like, oh my god, they're like the Spock repairs. and Hammer are the equivalent of Ted. Well, and the, the thing is, is that the Enterprise, like, they're going to K seven to deliver Viridium, which oh, yeah. is the power. It's like a power cell that keeps the station going, and so. Okay, you don't want the station to be out of power. That's bad. Like, that's important. Sure. But you don't need, like, 30 engineers to go with you no. on that mission. No. Like, 
Hammers may be worth like five engineers, but not I guess because like they sent ten. a shuttle. Uh, still, you know, I bring bring three you engineers. Could pack a couple <laughs> engineers in there. We know. Yeah, we know. yeah, we could have packed a couple. Yeah, I agree, Ashlyn. I think it's it's maddening <laughs> to watch this <laughs> and be like, please, you need more help. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm just saying in yeah. general, like even when they're on the Enterprise, like I don't see any staff. See it's no just one. like Hemmer and Ahura are the only people well, ever in engineering. <laughs> and engineering looks so different than it does in the original series. Anyway, like it is so open it's concept. Huge. It's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah. Yeah. So something changed, or at least they put those little grill bars thing for Scotty's era because <laughs> TOS and engineering. I don't mind how the bigger yeah. how it looks though actually like I Same. yeah yeah I like how it looks but it's definitely different yeah absolutely so I like both iterations beautiful either way we love engineering I just I gotta yeah shout out to Hemmer because him and Ahura shout out to Hemmer and Ahura because they are able to get every system but the navcom up and running and I just think that that is so impressive in the amount of time that everyone else was getting killed and or chasing Borg borg <laughs> and or gorn you know i just think that that's very impressive and uh it's again a testament to the way they work together i think that they're like okay this has been working you know like we are a great team and especially when they have to be stuck together but it's just like of course horrible because then hammer gets sprayed by a gorn saving ohura like i always forget this but this is like hammer stepping in the way of the spray so that it doesn't get a horror like that is just the most devastating news that i've ever seen like i try not to watch that episode a lot and so i forgot that and i don't know just again a testament to who he is and what he'll do to like save his crew and his friends and his family you know like they're family yep. at this point and they've bonded so much and i mean not that he wouldn't do that for anyone else um but that's just incredible yeah yeah, well, and I'm just going to make you more sad. I'm going to read a couple of quotes that Hemmer right. says because he said, like, Hemmer's so cool. He says a lot of cool stuff. So Ahura at this point, which we're going to dive into a lot more later, she thinks that she might be leaving the Enterprise and leaving Starfleet because she just feels like she's drifting, doesn't really know what she wants. And uh, she, Hemmer calls her out and basically says, like, you're afraid of putting down roots because you think it's better to leave than being the one left behind but that's wrong. You create bonds. It's a gift. Of course, the people you care about are going to cause you pain. It will hurt, but the love it yields will outweigh the sorrow. Now, hand me the electron coupler. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. What a king. I just, oh. I feel like that is Hemmer, like in one little sentence, like that's him. Oh. <laughs> what a perfect quote. Thank you, Ashlyn. You have more mm -hmm. just to break my heart? Um yes okay oh, so cool. then when he's about to to die because the eggs are hatching he says my sacrifice will save the lives of those i care most about for me there is no other choice and spock is watching him say that and he says a logical conclusion to himself quietly <laughs> which completely breaks me when i think about wrath of khan um oh. mm -hmm. and, and michael like, well and spock's whole like self-sacrifice thing and then he's watching hammer anyway He's Maybe we'll talk about someone. that later. I'm just, Bestie. I just got, yeah, I got really stressed because like they're, they're such, 
they're such buds. Yeah, I'm stressed <laughs> out too. Um, so we ended this section in stress. Oh wait, but also, I'm sorry. There's one last <laughs> quote that I just want to make you even more sad. To Ahura, he says, "Open yourself, make a home for yourself amongst others, and you will find joy more often than sadness. Do not weep, weep for me. I've had a good life." Bro, I was already weeping when he told me not to weep for him. So yeah, <laughs> too late. Yeah, yeah cry. Um, that's so good, and it reminds me of Michael's speech, which makes me even cry, like cry, a lot more cries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Wow. Okay. Well, after that we? devastation, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a way, unfortunately, this is kind of a good way to do this transition because it does feel abrupt and it does feel hard, and I think all of us coming out of Strange New World season one, we're kind of like, hey, what's going on? Who's going to be our next engineer? Is it going to be Scotty? We didn't know until a while. And then we finally saw the announcement that Carol Kane was coming on as chief off or as like as I, think, I don't think she was announced as like chief engineer, but as like engineer Pelia. Um, so not a lot of info, but like I know Carol Kane from Kimmy Schmidt. Love her. I've seen some other stuff with her and I just can't remember at the moment. Can't remember at the moment. But like I I was like, I'm pretty excited. You know, she's she's really fun. She's got a lot of really great acting talent. So we can see what happens. But I think a lot of us were feeling that trepidation of like, but Hemmer was so amazing. We only had one season to really get to know him. All that kind of stuff was really difficult for me and for like a lot of people, you know. <laughs> so I just it's an interesting transition and important that we talk about it. Yes, Rihanna, thank you. That was beautiful. And also perfectly captured how I felt about all of this. I couldn't believe they killed off Hemmer in the first season. And I kind of assumed it would be Scotty next. So I was surprised yeah. that, that Carol Kane stepped on board, but not at all displeased. <laughs> so when we first meet her in the Broken Circle, the Enterprise is back at Space Dock after season one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, poor Una is on trial and mm. Laon has gone away to go like find some other people who were displaced by the Gorn. Mm -hmm. She's off on her, her own side quest. Pike also <laughs> is off on his own side quest. And so we're yeah. left with like the randos basically. Wow. Um, Spock, Uhura. <laughs> I can't believe she just called Spock Uhura. <laughs> um, Spock Ortegas. Is, Spock is Captain Rando, excuse you. <laughs> Captain um, Rando. <laughs> <laughs> no, first officer Spock gets to shine as Captain mm -hmm. Spock in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, and La'an basically calls them and is like, um, hi, so I need help because I'm at a dilithium mining planet at the edge of space. When Spock goes to Admiral Abel about this, he says no, because that dilithium planet like is very tentative in this agreement we have with the Klingons and the and the Federation because we trade off month by month who gets to use the planet and mine the dilithium. Dang, that month or that, that planet got like a kind of crazy divorce settlement. <laughs> like, <laughs> these Klingons and human and Federation. Like month to a month. Wow. That's a lot. It is being treated everyone. wildly different. Yeah. Maybe? Maybe not. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so essentially they have to steal the Enterprise because Robert April does not want them going out there. And so Spock, he loves stealing the Enterprise and this is the first time he gets to do it. <laughs> he jumps on it. He has the other lady at the comm. Do you know who that lady is? Yeah, her name's Jen, no, not Jennifer. Um, he... um, yeah, Jenna Mitchell is the other person at the helm. 
Great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Jenna. Okay. And so Spock sends Jenna down to engineering, which is like very confusing because yeah. she's not an engineer, but it's fine. And so she mass or she like sends fake coolant leak signals to the warp core. And so that triggers an automatic evacuation order on the Enterprise. And so then Palea comes up to the bridge and everyone's like, uh, don't you know we're supposed to be evacuating? And she's like, I know the warp core isn't overloading because her team spent three days inspecting the intermix chamber and it's totally fine. She knows the symptoms of a textbook warp core breach and those are clearly being simulated now because she used to teach warp core breaches at the academy. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> That cracks me up so much. I'm going to say right now that she and Shax, like, if they ever meet, it oh. will be instant, like, it's on. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Because he loves breaching. He loves, like, injecting the warp core, and she knows yeah. all about breaches. I just feel like this is a good mix. I think I think they'd have a blast. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay, so. that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh-huh. I love that she comes on all high and mighty, you know, just, like, ready to be like, um... I know exactly what's going on here. I know what you're doing. Why are you faking this breach? And then Spock goes, what are you implying? And she says, I'm not implying anything. I'm flat out saying that someone broke, broke 17 Starfleet regulations. We have someone who's like very blunt and this very much will say what she's thinking and what she means. And like, she's not beating around the bush. And I honestly really appreciate that. It's nice to have the same kind of like honesty of Hemmer, but with the less tact. You know, Hemmer, like he's... It's, we're still seeing a different person. They're not trying to just like carbon copy, you know? Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> Ahura also identifies her accent as being a lanthanite. And basically that is a species that has lived amongst humans for thousands of years. They have extraordinarily long lives and they've gone completely undetected until the 2200s. Okay, it's giving Guinan. I love it. It's definitely giving Guinan. Yeah, absolutely. Essentially, like she totally goes with it. She knows that... Vulcans never do anything without a reason. And so if Spock is choosing to steal the Enterprise right now, she's just going to trust him. Also, she knows Amanda Grayson. I was going to say that. Yep. Seems a little fruity to me. Um. Um, just wait an episode. We'll talk about that more. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so kind of, you know, she uh, it's awesome. Honestly, like she helps them and she says, if you're, if you're going to steal the Enterprise, do it correctly. Helm ventilate the ion plasma from the warp nacelles and they look at spock like uh should we and he's like yeah <laughs> like she's go hoping for it. Yeah. so let's go <laughs> yeah and then it, it's after they do that space space dock orders them to make space from the station because they might blow after this whole like at the very end we jumped we'll skip the entire plot where spock like gets drunk with the klingons Oh, um, too bad. <laughs> they're, Spock and Paley are hanging out again at the bar, basically, with the Klingons. And she asked to join as chief engineer because she says it's been 100 years since she last had engines of her own. And she's really missed it. Like, she's looking for a chance to get out of the classroom. And she do. She Welcome, welcome, Paleo. <laughs> I can just ask for things that I deserve. <laughs> 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 like, ugh very true she's We're like all rutherford core yeah also i want to note that she is a commander commander Pelia, and that's sick I a lot that. of the engineers we seen are we've seen our lieutenants or lieutenant commanders so she's very high ranking 
already coming into engineering. So what a B. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so impressed by this. I love this ending and I'm sorry, I misspoke. It's not the next episode, it's this episode where at the end she is talking about, you know, offering to be chief engineer and she is happy to be out of the academy. So we learn snippets, you know, that she's been teaching a lot. She has been on earth for a while. Then she talks again about Amanda and she says, yes, like I am Melanthonite, I lived among humans, and actually Amanda was the first person I came out to. Interesting choice of words there. I just Kalia. like, that's such heavy meaning to use the word, use the phrase come out. Like, yeah, out. yeah. I just feel like maybe Amanda had a little dalliance before Sarek. Um, and Kalia. good for her. Yeah. I encourage that. <laughs> um, so yeah, incredible. I love the fact that she's just like, you know what, screw this, let's steal the Enterprise, I trust you, that kind of stuff, like, that is honestly kind of what you need in an engineer, is someone who is willing to kind of go with a crazy plan, and to trust their commanding officers to be like, yeah, okay, this is for a purpose, um, and so, honestly, this episode made a lot of my fears ease a little, but I wonder for you, Ashlyn, seeing this first instance of Carol Kane as Pelia, like, how did you feel coming out of this episode? Like, oh, shaky or excited or anything in between? I really liked her. And I mean, all I ask is an engineer who knows what she's doing. And she proved that in the first scene. And she, it, she proved that she trusts Spock. So I'm on. Boom. So I'm yeah. on board, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so, the friend of my friend is my friend, you know? So. <laughs> Wholesome, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for Pelia. I will say she's completely different from any other engineer that we've known. She seems to be like more scatterbrained and like less organized than some other engineers. And she clearly can be a good leader because she's a professor, but I don't get that sense from her when she's interacting with people. And, you know, we haven't seen any crazy scenes yet, but I, I trust her knowledge alone. And the fact that she's like so old and has so much experience just makes me think, well, I don't know. She's probably doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. That does a heart that does like help with gaining more trust is just her years of experience. And I will say, too, I think that like leading and teaching, they can be similar, but I feel like, too, you know, it's a it's a different enough practice that like probably it really makes sense you know that she's used to sort of ordering people around in the way that you do as a teacher of just like you have this homework due let me tell you about it and then it better be done you know or you get a bad grade on it it's very cut and dry in that manner and of course teaching is way more than that i'm not negating that but like it it, it is interesting to think about that yeah this is probably a, a change of pace because it's been 100 years at least since she's had her own ship like she said or own engine. So yeah, I, I kind of understand this learning curve would be sharp, but I agree. She's definitely not the, the greatest of leaders in the sense that like, she's going to gain the trust of this engineering really quick. You know, I think that they're going to have to learn with her kind of thing. But I mean, honestly, that's a pretty natural experience for any kind of new management coming in. Oh, absolutely. Well, and I want to note that in season two, there is an engineering team that we see on screen like yeah. there's way more people rushing around throughout the <laughs> um throughout engineering but there's no real like paleo 
leads the team to victory scene you know like she, i don't <laughs> yeah, see true. any inspirational speeches it's mostly her like in these individual scenes so again i true. wonder like what kind of covid stuff is going on behind the scenes because yeah all of this was filmed in covid <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Um, Very true. I, yeah. I think let's jump to tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mm, mm, love this one, but we're only going to talk about the scene where, so of course, Kirk and La'an have gone back in time and they are in Canada. They are looking for a nuclear, the nuclear vessels. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking the same Pretty thing. much, yeah. They're looking for like nuclear power plant and they know that well laon says that she knows an engineer who actually might be around and she's talking about Pelia because in the opening scene of this episode laon is busting Pelia for all of these old artifacts that seem to be kind of <laughs> stolen um that she has kept because she's lived on earth for so long mm-hmm. there are these like seemingly like really cool ancient things she says that she has a like hidey hole in Vermont, basically. Yeah. yeah, where if this whole utopia thing turns out to just be a phase, she has all of her stuff hidden away. <laughs> so this is where Lon gets the idea to go to Vermont and when they're back in time, try to talk to her and say, like, okay, we need an engineer. She'll be able to help us out. It's such a great addition to her in this scene. And I absolutely love that Kirk is asking like, oh, we just need an engineer from the stone ages who can build a cold fusion reactor like sure let's just find someone and lawn's like i actually think i might know someone like i just ah, i love that so funny and to see her little like archaeology department quote unquote uh in vermont you know and how she is very much not interested (laughs) in what they have to say until she's like Lon is literally like you're a lanthanite. I know, I know all of this about you. Turns out she has not been an engineer, and she is not currently doing engineering. And so this is just really hilarious to me because it shows you how many different things that we do in our lifetime. You know, obviously she has a lot longer of a lifespan than we do as humans, but like it's still sort of I don't know indicative of like oh yeah she hasn't. If you time travel back too long into someone's history, they haven't learned this thing yet, and like they're still. You know, this could be the spark of that. And I do kind of love this um, this moment because I totally expected her to be this like whiz engineer type thing. Yeah, this is so creative. I love this. Yeah. Um, well, and she says, well, like the reason she's able to trust them is she says, well, we both have brain melting secrets, I guess. It's a good enough reason <laughs> to help someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, um, she doesn't even think lasers are real. And Kirk's like, um, <laughs> lasers are real because she's like, I thought like, I like, I didn't even know engineering was real or something like Bigfoot or lasers. And Kirk's like, um, yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, lasers are real though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that kills me. But they're able to get help from her because they talk it through essentially and find out that they need to find byproducts of this cold fusion to be able to like search for it and. Um, the byproducts are excessive heat, neutrons, and tritium. Yeah, and so they figure out that she has tri- tritium, tritium in this like watch, this old a di- watch, a diver's so. watch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just like such a cool way to write this. You know, that kind of using this like object as their like compass almost, um, and giving Pelia a little bit of a richer background getting to see okay this is her pre-engineering this is her pre like being a literal professor of engineering at the academy which now I wish I would have put her in my fic 
<laughs> Rihanna's like regret. Anyway, focus. <laughs> Reel it in. I can write her in. It's fine. Honestly, she'll probably um, be in the Starfleet Academy show. So you're so right. I will literally die even for a. Also, kiss. if we see Boothby, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. And they're gonna recast it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I hate. Well, I'm glad we equally hate Boothby. I hate. <laughs> this is <a> <laughs> I hate. <laughs> um. Okay. Anywho, one thing I do want to mention too is that Kirk found this place on DuckDuckGo. Truly phenomenal. I've never thought I would hear James T. Kirk say the phrase duck, duck, go, but no, absolutely here we not. Are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love the line too when Paley is just like going off on a rant. Kirk says, You let this lady repair my ship. <laughs> <laughs> Precious. I love him. But so they're, they're just a little bit more about the diver's watch, which I know this is yeah. why everyone's <laughs> listening to the pod. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> essential. <laughs> But basically, um, the dials are coated with phosphor, and if the tritium is close, the hands will glow. So that's how, as Rihanna said, it acts like a compass. That's how. And then La'an says at the end of this encounter in the wild with Pelia, she says, you are more of an engineer than you think. And so I can't help but thinking, like, is this what got her interested in engineering? Was yeah. La'an just like dropping into her life and being like, um, can you please engineer now? Yeah. No, it's truly the whole conundrum of did did Spock or did Scotty invent transwarp beaming or did Spock invent it because Scotty invented it? Like it's that thing, you know, where it's like Dead chicken ass, and the egg. I thought you were gonna say, did Scotty invent the transparent aluminum aluminum? Oh! Or like, did that guy invent it? Or did Scotty yeah. invent it? Yeah. Anyway, it, see, it's a common engineering paradox. We all usually with Scotty involved. <laughs> Nine times man. out of ten, he's gonna be there. Um, <laughs> how curious about this episode. And in, 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 anyway, thank you, Ashlyn. I really appreciate your extra info on that watch. <laughs> it's very essential. This is what I'm here for. This is why I chose the series to talk about the phosphor coding the dials. You know, yeah, what I yeah. Mean? of yeah. course, yeah. Okay, well, um, there's one more episode that features Palea, and that is Lost in Translation. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you, Ashley. That sounded like a little NPR opening. Um. This is Lost in Translation. Oh, and I'm Erin O'Toole. And I'm Patty Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so anyway. The Stella Nursery is here. So, no, okay. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about this heavily in our horror section. But for now, let's discuss the Paleo parts of Lost in Translation. Firstly, just the, the facts of this episode is that they have, the Enterprise has entered a stellar nursery nebula, which is full of deuterium, which is fuel for starships. And Starfleet has decided to build an outpost in this nebula to refine the deuterium and to also sort of create like a presence closer to Gorn territory because there's starting to be more hostilities going on there. So during refueling, Ahura hears something on the bridge and senses like, or just like hears a sound and starts hallucinating. And then we'll talk about that <laughs> in our in, coming up soon. But while this is happening, Pelia is down on the station or on the refinery, basically helping to get it online, helping to get this deuterium refinery up and running so that Starfleet can start doing their thing. Yeah, so we really get to see Pelia interacting with Una in this episode because Una has been 
ordered there to basically manage this refit that's going on because there have been problems for months. The refinery was supposed to be functioning months ago and there's all these, I think Pike says that Starfleet said it was an organizational breakdown or something and the previous manager had to be removed from duty and transferred to something else. So kind of like Love weird. some random Starfleet tea. Like, yeah, I know. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so it is like, okay, we get your, get your stuff together. Let's get this refinery online. So they sent Una down there. So like mad props to Una being like fleet wide known as the organizer. And yeah, so sounds she, right. yeah, she's on the, on the refinery. And so is Palia as the chief engineer. That totally makes sense. But Una has her whole plan laid out about how this whole repair is going to go. Palia just disregards that because she is thinking this refinery hasn't been working for months. So let's check the systems that are working because maybe there's like an inherent flaw in them that's causing like some sort of spiral to occur that makes other ships or makes other parts of the ships not be able to go. And Una does not agree with this at all, thinks it's a waste of time. But Palia goes behind her back and does it anyway. And lo and behold, she does find that um, there is... The EPS that. regulators? Oh, is it the EPS regulators? She found evidence of sabotage. Yeah, I actually don't have it where, but yeah, so the... In the EPS regulators, yeah. Yeah, thank you. So there was... Um, so Pelia finds evidence of sabotage in the EPS manifolds, relays? Regulators. Really? Regulators? <laughs> <laughs> Too many words, dude. <laughs> what does EPS stand for? Emergency powered salad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyway, we see as this relationship unfolds and as this like repair attempt unfolds that Una is just simply not trusting Pelia at all with what she's choosing to do and the system she's choosing to prioritize. And at the end, they end up, well, what I what I like to see, first of all, is that Pelia is very direct. Like she says to Una, I can tell you don't like me. So tell me what's going on, you know? And I think that's yes. really important. Like you have to have someone who's not afraid of just asking the right questions because they're supposed to be working well together. And so Pelia is like, there's, there's no need to be passive aggressive. Let's just talk this out. Yeah. You know, and I think before we learn the fact that Una has really been struggling with Hemmer's death and that Pelia has just been seen as a replacement to a lot of these characters. She, Pelia, understands the, the distance that is happening with this crew. But I think her biting, her jumping down Pelia's throat and like yelling at her for having crumbs on her shirt and stuff, it's just, it's, it's like a childish way to go about handling this. And I just find it really interesting because their dynamic is so tense throughout this whole episode. Una is jumping down her throat saying that like, I don't d judge things based on feelings and smells, you know, and it's really funny to me because if I think about most engineers, absolutely I would listen to what they said if they were judging by a feeling or a smell because this is how a lot of engineering engineers brains work or at least like they're in tune with the system so much that like it's literally Scotty being like what's that sound and tracing it and finding a problem or O'Brien I've seen that seen him do that so it's just interesting because it it's kind of like Una you haven't spent enough time around engineers then you know there's a lot of different ways to do engineering and to 
like find a problem you know and so it absolutely yeah not cool that she went behind una's back but i think absolutely valid because she knew something was going on and she found the problem she found evidence of sabotage you know like i'm honestly not that mad that she did oh of course not well yeah i i think una you can just tell that she's reacting so poorly to this because even when you have your own car that you drive a lot if mm -hmm. you start hearing a noise that's not quite right like you you go get yeah. it looked at you know like exactly. this is a very basic thing that like engineers do people who know exactly how something is supposed to run if something's off they can tell you probably what it is so i'm glad at the end they do end up reconciling they're both in the shuttle at the mm -hmm. end of the episode and una says that oh you gave me a c in the class that i took mm -hmm. with you and that's why i resent you and paley is like i think it was starship maintenance 307 was the class <laughs> but uh she says she earned the c so savage like yeah. <laughs> but then you know they talk about how it's actually you know that she misses hemmer and paley is like if you want to just tell me it's because you didn't like the sea i'll accept it you know yeah um, and i'm sorry that i'm i'm sorry about hemmer you know yeah absolutely i just i think that that's a really great way of handling this situation and hilarious that she was like your paper was sloppy it deserved that sea i'm like oh burn you know especially having una hear that you know is probably a bit of a like just because paley even says to her at one point I think you're too used to, you got too used to being the smartest person in the room. So that's a really interesting line. You know, Pelia seems to, to get to deeper things in people quicker, you know, <laughs> like it's just really fascinating to watch. I mean, Reno, we talked about last season or a couple episodes ago, being so observant of people's behaviors and just in like similar ways, you have to be observant of ship's behaviors. It just makes for a really interesting character dynamic. Well said, Rihanna. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I'm excited to see what they do with Paleo next season. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but before that, we are going to start the third and final main section of the pod, which is we're all rushing around. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm so excited. The first subsection is cross-training with Ahura. So welcome to the Ahura segment of the pod. Woo-woo! Um, I like how it's cross-training. It sounds like we're like working out with Ahura. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got to do different types of exercises with Ahura. Yeah, gotta, exactly. Different types of engineering and translating, mm -hmm. security. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so let's go back to Children of the Comet and talk about Ahura's role in this, which is being down on the Comet itself with Spock, an injured Sam Kirk and Laon, trying to figure out how to communicate with this Comet, because turns out it's like this ancient artifact slash sentient Comet <laughs> um, that reacts to music and, uh, and harmonics. So... They bring Ahura down there. She has been expressing, you know, some like worries about her translation skills and just like being on the Enterprise, all this kind of stuff. Talking about does she belong in Starfleet? And this away mission is sort of also her like pseudo test. You know, it's it's very hoshi of them to throw her into this like this is sort of your sink or swim moment, which is silly because there there can be a lot of moments that <laughs> can prove your worth to a crew, but whatever. Um, so I think that this is just a wonderful episode though because we do see Ohura and Spock start to work together on this pretty much an engineering problem. 
it's like engineering bio chemistry harmonics uh what did laon say sorry i i missed music class or something <laughs> like what are you all talking about you know so and they also talk about how music and science how music and math are so interrelated and so i just really love these kind of discussions coming from her and spock because it brings another another dynamic to their characters um spock was kind of disapproving over her as like choice of words of like not feeling like she even wanted to be in starfleet when he's like some people work so hard to be here and i'm like you hypocrite but anyway <laughs> so yeah it's just really interesting to see them them grow into these different circumstances a lot of times through engineering and through science do these people grow and learn more about each other i just absolutely love this sort of trope about star trek is get two characters who are kind of quarreling into a situation where they have to work together and then see how it ends you know so this was a really fun one to see them singing together so dorky and adorable but also just like figuring out this problem mainly from Uhura. i mean she did the singing and then spock did the noticing and then together they were able to like understand how to communicate back but Uhura is like doing all of the stuff with the harmonics adding in like it, yeah it, it's just very impressive to watch her at it you know yeah and i was really trying to think if this should count as engineering because it's not traditional engineering at all but the comment that they're on like this device that they're working with and trying to figure out is essentially a computer because it's guiding the comet on its course and ahura is tasked with translating it well first of all i love <laughs> I can't believe Sam Kirk because he like, he just goes up to it and like tries to touch it and oh get, my god and get, <laughs> he literally gets zapped and I'm like is this how the pancake got him too he was like what's that and like <laughs> touch the pancake you know what I mean like <gasps> that is the funniest joke you've made that's so true Ashlyn oh. for, if you can't read um Ashlyn speak this is uh operation annihilate Sam Kirk dies um <laughs> TOS via, yeah via um pancake looking entity creature, creature? yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah I was thinking like you had to touch the glowing egg didn't you yeah you know, same energy it's just like what is going on Kirk I know you're like curious and you're doing your little xenoanthropology thing but my dude, relax. Do not touch the glowing egg. Well, so then Spock roasts him, Loki, even though this yeah. man is dying, because yeah. then to encourage Ahura when she's doing her translation, Spock's like, well, Mr. Kirk has already ruled out that you can't touch it. So <laughs> if anything, he's like, we are in a better position than we, we were more. before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this man with all my heart. What God, he's he's so good. But so then to get it to open, she has to sing a major chord, which sure. is lovely. We love to hear it. <laughs> Ashlyn's like, great. That's just like yeah, another and day then, for me. Literally. And then once the once it opens, it's not like there's more screens or recordings inside. She has to keep singing to it in order to <laughs> have it follow directions. And so she's literally like singing engineering like it yeah yeah Singing, so navigation engineering yeah. it's so cool it's so awesome and she ends up saving the day for the first time in episode two so saving, not even just for saving the day this is the first time 
her saving the day with music. Like this is this is weird that it happens Oh, twice. oh you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which So I need to make true. that into a TikTok. I remember <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I love um, it. I hate it. I'm yeah, upset. we love her out here. They they said, "Oh, Tos Ahura sang a lot." Deal. Boom. Like, say less. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truly Yay. phenomenal. Um. Okay. So then, let's go on to Mormento Mori. Let's let's come on back. Let's do a wraparound. Let me do another wraparound. So we have talked about this from Hammer's perspective, but now let's talk about Ahura. She is entering her cadet rotation with Hammer. I can imagine all of this is pretty intimidating. You know, we talked about how she's probably one of the only cadets on the Enterprise. This is an insane rotation of people, of commanders to be working with. So I love to see that even during a regular day, you know, like she, a lot of her logs start out like, we're doing this cool thing. But for me, it's a regular day. Like we're just doing, I just have to go and work with Hammer because like there's a black hole <laughs> inside of a brown, and they have to go inside a brown dwarf. Yeah, anyway, I just think like, Ohura takes all, takes all of this on with just like such preparedness and excitement and I think that includes engineering and you know in a way we talked about how Reno talks about how the body is kind of an engine and Rutherford says the same thing. I think too for Ohura like a lot of the language centers in her brain act really similar to the like the engineering stuff you know she she's really good at memorization she's really good at like quick comprehension skills like I, I just think it it all can kind of work well for her. And it seems to, you know, she seems to be picking up what Hemmer is saying fairly quickly. I mean, obviously all of this is extremely complicated, but I still am just very impressed watching her. Yeah, well, Rhea, great point. And she even says that engineering is a lot like linguistics. Both depend on how seemingly unrelated systems communicate. Bro, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. I'm backing up your thesis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with, with quotations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then, well, then Hammer's like, well, to impress me, you're going to have to do a lot better than theorize. So Yeah. I think he's already impressed, though. <laughs> He's an actions guy for sure. Like, Yeah. which he does get to see the see her in action in this because his hand's broken and she has to not you know touch the hot pipes or not touch them to see which ones to move. All of that that we discussed. But I gotta say, for me in this position, it would be so difficult to just like sort of visualize what Hemmer's trying to visualize about engineering or like you know. what to do with each panel or each rod you know i just think it's also impressive that like they're able to communicate this all so pretty easily even though you know her is like oh my god that was only the first step you know I, I i don't know i'm just really impressed my brain does not work like that if someone's like go grab that thing from on the right side of here i'm like no you just have to show me like i'm not gonna find it like i swear <laughs> so And I am the one telling you where to go Yeah, um, to yeah, find exactly. your lost You're thing. Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we love this intro. And then tragically, it gets cut short in All Those Who Wander. But I just think overall, I was thinking a lot about Hemmer as a story device because he, that's kind of what he is when you boil it down. Like, yes, he's chief engineer, but also he is the reason that Ahura begins changing begins changing as a character and 
she's so influenced by him. They had such a special connection that her arc changes in season two because she misses Hammer. And uh, so I just have to point that out because that is it's just different than the other Star Treks that we've been seeing, you know, like, because this is only a short, like, 10, 10 episodes per season. It's never like, oh, you know, there's, Jordy is not used as a, like, plot device. Right. At, as a major part of his arc, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, So I'm not mad about it at all, because I think, like, the essential, like, you can't talk about Hemmer without talking about Ahura when it comes to season one. So I just just appreciate that with the writing of it and appreciate having something fresh in these episodes. This is such an amazing point, and I'm so glad you brought it up, Ashlyn. Yeah, truly, they are so interconnected in their both in their connection as like people and in their just like connection to engineering. You know, we've seen them around engineering so much and I'm sure that that presence is just really difficult once Hemmer's gone and we did we did see this in Lost in Translation, Ahura talking to Pelia about this because she's watching this tutorial video with Hemmer. She thinks that what the met or the thing she heard on the bridge was just like a communications breakdown. So Ahura goes down to engineering to recalibrate recalibrate the communications array, but we see that she uses a video that Hemmer tutorial video that Hemmer made or like they made together of repairing this probably essentially so she can just go down and repair it if things are going crazy in engineering or if they're in a crisis or something. But I do think it's so interesting that she does not go to Pelia for this and that she does choose instead to watch Hammer's video. And it's it's such a poignant moment, you know, that then Pelia comes in and is like, hi, what are you doing in here? What's going on? And she says, oh, I'm recalibrating the communications array. Pelia, just like with Una, immediately knows ah like you knew hammer she sees the video she's like okay well he was one of my best students and then she's like actually i just said that because he's dead he was just okay and i'm like this is not the right person to be making jokes about hammer too you know like maybe spock would maybe not spock but like some people might find that kind of thing like oh haha that's funny you're like i'm that's cool that you knew him or whatever but ahura is so deep in in like her missing Hemmer. She's also on the very beginning of this like whole turmoil. She's gonna go with the hallucinations that she thinks is happening to her. So I don't know. It just it was a very hard interaction to watch um, between the two of them because we can see from this scene that Ahura has been avoiding engineering and has been really just like not ready to confront those feelings and only watching those videos of Hemmer instead of asking her for help. Yeah. Well, and you know. We get an unexpected character who's going to help guide her through this journey. The Farragut is also here at the yeah. station helping the Enterprise with these repairs. And you know who's first officer of the Farragut is <laughs> Mr. James T. once more. He's back. Um, this man loves the Enterprise. Um, he does. He can't stay away. He cannot stay away. Yeah, destiny if I ever saw it. So Kirk and, and her meet in a bar. <laughs> It was really reminding me of Kelvinverse. Um, <laughs> I know, I know, Kelvinverse is like a red flag to a lot of people, so I'm sorry that I say it all the time. Oh, oh, um, AOS is like the non Trek Bro version. Oh, um, uh-huh. but I don't care. It's I'll be a Trek Bro. Yeah. Um, yeah. So because they 
also meet in a bar in mm-hmm. Iowa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a cadet. You're stunning. What's your focus? <laughs> Xenolinguistics. You probably have no idea what that means, do you? <laughs> Morphology, phonology, <laughs> syntax. <laughs> <laughs> means you got a talented tongue. <laughs> oh, what I thought you were just a <laughs> Just some island or whatever. Only a Texas farm animal. Not only. Not only. <laughs> See, we love we loved 2009. We <sighs> I love I love the films. <laughs> They're so good. We have to quote it all the yeah, time. You know, yeah. it did give that vibe, especially because Ahura was like, please stop hitting on me. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm not in the mood to be hit on right yeah. now. And he's like, No, I'm not. I'm so I'm sorry. Yeah. Um yeah, so good. So uh but he does throughout the rest of this episode, he helps her work through this um mm-hmm. like grief that she's having. And after and then what I love is this is how we get the solution for how yes. for the plot. <laughs> yeah. So they're like talking and Kirk says, like, don't burn out the receiver. And then she's like, wait, burn out. And then she's like, think about like the scans of our brains of um, like the guy who died earlier, who was also hallucinating. The scan of his brain showed that like the frontal cortex had burned out. And so she's like, what if that area was being like over like stimulated and like ex- and burned out till he died essentially. And so, yeah, so an emotional solution um, also. I think it was um, a Hemmer video that oh, said was dial a- down the gain of the subspace antenna or else you'll burn out the receiver. So that's even better that she's like, boom, Hemmer gave her the solution. You're totally right, Rihanna. Yeah, literally Hemmer engineering solution is also an emotional solution. Emotional solution (laughs) too, yeah. (laughs) Just like Mariner has to do with people. Like Mm -hmm. it's the same energy. I just, I love that little aha moment that her has. So good. Me too. So then (laughs) <laughs> Let's go to Subspace Rhapsody. Wow. Here yeah, we are. Wow. <laughs> the second time that Ahura saves the day via music. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> just we talked we talked earlier about the techno babble in this being just iconic and so wild with this uncertainty field, this quantum uncertainty field opening. What's it called that they're at? Like the fold or is it called uh, space? subspace fold <laughs> okay yep they're out of subspace fold and trying to figure out what are they i don't know can you just do the opening i don't know what they're trying to do here okay yeah there's a lot so <laughs> the enterprise is on the edge of the alpha quadrant and they are looking at a naturally occurring subspace fold spock thinks that this fold could triple the speeds of subspace communication in this sector because subspace communications go through it three times as fast so this is his theory essentially and pike's like okay like let's do some science why not but spock's experiment requires so much power that ahura has to do everything manually with the communications so everyone's like hey ahura can you patch me through to whoever (laughs) you know and like where's my male ahura like they're really switchboard Yeah. yeah she's a switchboard so she's she's thriving but then she also goes down and helps spock in engineering yeah 
wow, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's having to do all of this. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, and with Palea too. So they are the three working on the experiment. And I think it makes sense because Ahura, that's like a huge part of her job is like working with the communication, EPS relays and everything. Yeah. So she's down here helping Spock and Palea. Yeah, this is when Spock says the frequencies propagate three times faster than normal through this field. And if it works, they could have real-time communication across the entire quadrant. Wow. I mean, just think yeah. about Voyager. I mean, wow. Right. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be a huge breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to see them working together like this. Sort of our, not our, not at all our first instant instance, you know, we've had the mother, them also singing together earlier, Spock and Ahura, but it's really fun to see both of their expertise combining and trying different things. And so then, but of course, it's Pelia who comes up with this idea to send music through. Because Ahura is humming. And I love this yeah. because I hum when I'm in like an awkward situation or trying mm -hmm. to like fill the silence or when I'm just like doing the dishes. Like I hum all the time. Yeah. And so, and I used to teach, I used to be like a teacher's assistant at an elementary school and all the kids would comment on it. They're like, Miss Ashlyn, why are you singing? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. sorry. Like, <laughs> so when Ahura says like, it's a bad habit, you know, in the yeah. um, episode where she's having dinner with Pike and the family, comment, yeah. yeah, this happens again while she's like doing her little engineering down here, she's humming and Pelly is like, wait a damn second, try <laughs> to send music through. Maybe that'll work. Yes. But the intermix and containment are stable. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I was gonna say, like they do this and then there's like, of field is like generating <laughs> around yeah. and they they we find out they've been thrust into another reality and this is the musical reality yeah apologies the most <laughs> confounding thing we um, appear to be singing <laughs> yeah. yeah so ashlyn was funny in the watch list she put a parenthesis that was like watch all the parts except for most of the songs i was like dang <laughs> that really changes the episode <laughs> i know to only watch the like talking parts is really yeah. funny i will say i did like when they're talking about what song to send through the subspace fold i i wrote spock handed her the ox and she played anything goes <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, it's like, Ahura put on anything goes at the party, like, oh. <laughs> They're like, she we truly need wanted some... an open heart, like. We need some music goes. that's not copyrighted. <laughs> anything goes. <laughs> that is too good. And then he says the containment field and the thing is stable. Nickel's <laughs> brain. <laughs> <laughs> so then they're trying to figure out why are we singing and Spock says mm -hmm. that the song created a resonance frequency and dislodged something from the fold and it created a quantum uncertainty field. So essentially space is randomly collapsing and forming around them and they are tethered to this reality, but the more that it expands, it will slowly start covering like everything because it, it's yeah. like 
this reality is expanding and they only make it worse. And this is Rihanna's technobabble she's talking about with the Heisenberg mm-hmm. compensator. They are connecting that and the shield harmonics uh, to the deflector array to generate a beam. And this completely backfires on them. And now the musical reality has spread to the entire of the Federation and to a big part of the Klingon Empire. <laughs> yeah, oh man. Well, and La'an and Kirk, literally to, literally to try this experiment, they isolate and transport subatomic particles from the fold into this little containment uh, pod. And then they have to do some sexy engineering to like grab the particles over their hands. It was, I was heated like, engineering. Yeah. The, the particles are not the only thing that are charged here. Like y'all nice. um, cool it. But yeah. And then they transport it to Spock and Uhura who try it. And it turns out, yeah, it would blow everything up and turn them all into this like unending musical reality, which is so funny because Spock is about is going to do a similar thing with Boimler in a few episodes. So I'm just like seeing so many parallels here. It's really funny. All these different types of engineering, you know, it's like we got to do our little test run first to see if this works. And I'm glad they did because they if the Klingons want to blow it up. And again, like we said, catastrophe for all. <laughs> and Spock says um, that if the Klingons were to blow it up, it would be like soaking the probability field in kerosene and holding a match to it. I mean, so dramatic. we love, I love these him. engineering, like real life examples. We, we love make, it. Uh, yeah. How many have we said just in this pod? Like they say them all the time. Yeah. Especially like Bolana and Scotty. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah. We love it. And then and also. Jordy. I'm so sorry. He's usually. All, like, no, all of them sorry. say it. <laughs> yeah. Be riding a horse blindfolded in the desert. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> oh, man, um, too good. Yeah. So, so then as we go on and more songs are sung, um, Spock is studying the frequencies of the song. And he says, if we can isolate the pattern in the improbability field, we might learn how to generate uh, improbability, uh, yeah, an improbability breaking event. And so he tasks her like, find a pattern. And she's like, a pattern repeating. <laughs> and then she's, she's singing in engineering and looking at the pattern. Well, and... only because they got the frequency of the breakup song, you know, like truly, even though yes. I'm ready is... Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that song. Um, it it did help her uh, scan. Like, she was scanning while singing, which, gotta say, impressive. Like, <laughs> that is a level of dedication that only Starfleet officers have to the job. If I started singing spontaneously, I would not continue doing my work. That's for, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah. why are they singing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> why are they singing? Wait, why am, why I, am singing? I singing? It's a different um, TV musical that is one of the best yeah. ones yeah. i have a theory it could be buddies there's so many i love i love the reference to buffy by the way i wish they did a reference to the scrubs one that would have been really <laughs> off, that would off be the church very random Manga, yeah. like, anyway <laughs> <laughs> so yeah anyway this is all to say they scan for the breakup song and then uhura has the pattern repeating enough to start figuring out what the pattern is yeah she realizes that the more people are singing it will increase the field and it will shatter it and return it to normal which is different than blowing it up shattering it is fine blowing it up not fine (laughs) bad (laughs) because if it shatters on its own from too much singing then like we're good And every, it's everything's fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I got it. No, yeah. no worries here. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and then we get we get the final <laughs> we get the final, the final song. song. Everybody <laughs> sings together and <laughs> it's it's just wonderful. <laughs> they know their purpose. That much is clear. <laughs> Our prime directive. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly love Pelia and Pike dancing at the end together. Very cute. Do not know if that was just like them continuing to run the camera or not, but it Love really seems even got yeah. in the spirit. <laughs> I felt like Anson and Carol Kane were really like bouncing Jamming and popping yeah. off. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, amazing. Let's uh, that's a great way to end a her section because yeah. now it is time for surviving with Scotty. And I want to mm. say we did talk more about Scotty in the TOS episode. Um, the Scotty episode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Scotty episode of engineering. But I just want to just say a couple of things about his brief appearances. So in Equality of Mercy, we only have the voice of Scotty. So they are working. This is an alternate reality, by the way, where Pike is captain of the Enterprise and he has the TOS crew with him. And sure. Spock and Scotty are working in a Jeffrey's tube. Of course they are. Spock says, you know, we have less than two hours to restore, to restore power. So we have a freaking countdown. <laughs> of course. But, like always they brought it back. Yeah. Scotty, yeah. And he says, I know that Mr. Spock, I'm an engineer, not a miracle worker, which yes. like he is a miracle worker. A miracle. So just yeah. like iconic and every like um, amazing minute that we get with Scotty and Spock working together as usual, the dream team. Yeah. They like brought back that pinnacle like TOS vibe to us. What a what a glorious moment. So glorious, yeah. And then we actually meet Scotty in season two, the finale, the episode Hegemony, where he is trying to trap Gorn on this planet, but he accidentally traps Pike and their away team. And um we get his background that he used to be on the The Star Diver. The Star Diver, thank you. Yeah, so he he used to be on the Star Diver. They were a solar research vessel when they were, so they were doing solar research on the sun when the Gorn sure. attacked. He's the only one left and he escaped in a shuttle because he was able to attach, he was able to jerry-rig the engines to surpass the capacity and hide in plain sight. So then he kind of like transferred the tech to be Gorn-like. So it just looked like a Gorn shuttle rather than a federation shuttle yeah so and everyone's casual like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, like what do you mean <laughs> this is the thing that's so phenomenal is all of their reactions are like that's just not a normal thing that like someone does to get out of like they're all like how are you alive you know i just i love that that's so funny to me because he's just so calm about it. he's like yeah i just jerry rigged it and now i'm here <laughs> and i've trapped you guys you know like he had this whole gorn trap ready he helps them get out of the situation I also love that he brings a handful of <laughs> engineering objects back to the Enterprise. He says that he had brought some stuff to help with the Gorn if he can get it up and running. <laughs> That's so Scotty. He's just like, I'll bring some stuff back just in case. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Sounds good. Is everyone one of Paleo's students? What? <laughs> I, I guess she taught, is she the only engineering teacher, like, you know, who teaches warp core breaches? Like, yeah. Probably, yeah. Because uh, I do love this meeting of the minds because Paley is like, he's one of my worst students, but one of the smartest. <laughs> yeah, he, he said one something. of my best students who sadly received some of my worst grades. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Scotty looks properly ashamed when she says yeah. that. <laughs> but honestly, also a compliment because if you think about it, like, that is sort of 
what Uno was talking about with engineering, you know, like it, it it's exactly the sort of messiness and the going a going against protocol and everything that has kept Scotty and the Enterprise and all of probably his previous ships, mostly besides Stardiver, <laughs> sorry, most of his like <laughs> previous experiences, you know, kept people alive and kept it running because of these cut these corners he cut and that probably wouldn't get him a good grade, but I think it would earn Pelia's respect because she's similar. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully more Scotty season three. Let's, let's see what happens. Oh man. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah. Let's go on and end out this pod with science with Spock. Wow. <laughs> yes. I'm really I'm very excited about this section. So Ashlyn, let's go back one last time to <laughs> Memento Mori. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> and talk about the Spock parts of this episode because there are actually quite a lot of them and he gets a whole field trip with La'an. It's very impressive. I think, you know, one of Spock's sort of traits, it, it's always an amazing trait, is he will just sit on the bridge and give the most detailed information and ideas he has and then just like throw out you know throw out a bunch of ideas and see which one will be the best and he's always just coming up with random not random but just like with new ideas just like oh we could try this or we could try this so at one point he literally turns a compass into a radar and is able to like ping where the gorn are from that and i love it because all of them are just sort of like huh we didn't no, like we didn't think to do that, you know, or whatever, or they're just also amazed by him. And, and as am I, you know, I just love Spock's little sessions of like, let me spout science at you all. Yeah, well, so Pike told them to be creative because they were in this <laughs> yeah. nebula and there are certain things, of course, that the nebula is dampening or like slash the ship is still injured from the Gorn mm -hmm. attack in some sections. And so there's no sensors, but primary navigation systems are constantly taking in atmospheric data to maintain stability. This is what Spock is saying. And the ship in the gas cloud creates oscillation in the atmosphere. They are converted into rotational motions by Coralis forces. And so then by marking the Coralis force, Mark, marking the Coralis force movement can track the movement in the gas giant so we can track the Gorn. <laughs> is that when Laon's like, do you ever speak plain English? Yes, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's what it is. So that's what he does. So they're, they're able to track the Gorn, which is very helpful. <laughs> well done, Spock. I love him. Yeah, and he takes the shuttle with Laon to figure out if they can, like, corner the Gorn, I believe. There's a lot going on with the... Because they're, you know, half the time they spend doing a little mind meld and some looking back into Laon's memories of the Gorn, seeing what, you know, barriers she can cross to remember. She remembers what the light show was, basically, of the Gorn, and that it was actually, like, communication, similar to, like, Morse code type thing that her brother figured out, you know, before he died. And so... I, you know, a beautiful scene. We've talked about a little bit more in other series, but I just think that also La'an, you know, is so great in all of these different circumstances and can hold her own in engineering. Like she's not always, you know, 100% sure what's going on, but she's going to help get the job done. And it's fun to see Spock working with just a myriad of different people on Strange New Worlds in these different engineering scenarios, sometimes not even working with the engineer, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, engineer adjacent also works for Spock. Oh, absolutely. 
Okay, so let's go, let's jump to just the sweet little two minutes in the episode, Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach, where, oof. yeah, this is oof. Um, <laughs> this is the episode where it's like a utopia, apparently, but there's this like child sacrifice that this uh, society does every lifetime <laughs> to, <laughs> keep, to keep the utopia functioning. And this poor kid, we don't know yet that he's going to be sacrificed. Man, this is a terrible way to frame this plot, but <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> yeah. But he's on the Enterprise because he was rescued in a um, assassination attempt on his life because he's about to ascend to be the first servant and some faction tried to stop him from ascending. And Spock goes to sickbay where the first servant is and also his father is there slash primary physician um, and Spock talks to his father and says uh, I found this weird little device it looks like it was for the first servant like do you know what it would be no he's lying um but so then the kid can't help but listen and we find out that he is absolutely brilliant so they're having a great chat and the the kid asks do you know the speed of propagation of subspace radio signals and long-range communication and spock is delighted like ethan peck does such a good job just acting like oh my god spock is very excited and very intrigued to um talk to this kid so he says it's roughly fifty-two thousand times the speed of light and then the first servant says, that's super slow. No wonder you have to use subspace relays, which LOL. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Maybe Spock remembered this conversation with the kid and was like, yeah, I need to get those communications faster because the first servant made a great point. <laughs> uh, he And the first servant also says, even when they're rad radially polarized, the signals would degrade faster. And he's interested in radio polarization because he wanted to have a friend across the galaxy. <laughs> So I just That's thought this sad. was a lovely little exchange and rare to see Spock meeting someone on his level, especially for someone who's so young. Yeah, I just love to, uh, exactly, this Spock's delight at this is really fun to see. Yeah, wonderful episode. Ashlyn, thank you for including it. I think it's important to highlight like all of these different little geniuses that we meet who are just incredible engineers um, and who are on Spock's level. Is always fun to watch. Yeah, Rihanna, I have to include every engineer and kind of like what we've seen in Discovery, everyone is a genius at engineering. I love this. I think like it, it I think honestly it would be really similar if Spock got to beat Dax, which like would have been my dream of all dreams in Trials and Tribulations, um, because she says the exact same thing about the ray of triples and all of that and how much grain they would <laughs> gorge themselves on a second before Spock did, you know? And so just, again, like people on Spock's level are next level. Absolutely. Also, I'm pretty sure Spock met Dax, met Jetzia at some point, because I have to remind everyone that Spock is still alive during all of DS9 and all of Voyager. He's mm -hmm. alive during True. all of the TNG movies. Like Spock is fine. He's just not included we, in any of the stories. I know, but we just have a small window for Jadzia, so I get scared. But I she know. definitely, I'm sure a Dax met Spock. Met Spock, yeah. Like maybe yeah. Esri, <laughs> which I don't know if she'd appreciate it as much, but that's fine. Oh, she would. She and would. she would be, be like, oh man, Jadzia would be freaking out right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, oh, I just got sad. Okay, anyway. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> talking about these kids, talking about these anyway so well, this Ashlyn, is a this is a terrible yeah. segue to our next episode <laughs> and our final episode of the pod those old scientists 
what an honor what an honor to be discussing this episode today this is the crossover with lower decks we have arrived i can't believe it i'm so excited i ashlyn was saying this to me but totally realized i did not know how much engineering was in this episode and was definitely watching just out of pure joy the first like five times i've seen this episode and so it was it was fun to go back and really like focus Rhea <laughs> stop looking at Mariner <laughs> like just focus you know and um but it was very delightful to see all of them interacting because like honestly a big part of this episode is Boimler and Mariner interacting with the old technology and vice versa you know and it's something that we've talked about a little at length you know in other shows like in TNG and Relics um we talked about Enterprise as well every time they're fascinated and we get some Enterprise name drops in here it's just phenomenal all around Yes, exactly. And this kind of worshipping of the quote unquote old technology on the Enterprise, because obviously Mariner and Boimler are coming from roughly 120 years in the future. It also makes me nostalgic for that technology as well, even though we're literally talking about strange new worlds. When I see am animated Boimler, Mariner, Rutherford Tendi, I, I just think we're in a Lower Decks episode and it feels like we've gone back in time, which cracks me up. And I don't know if that is like a different perspective for anybody else. Like if they feel like, oh yeah, I still feel like I'm really in the Strange New World vibes and like the, we have these visitors, like maybe if you hadn't seen Lower Decks, it would feel that way. But I just, I love it because it's such a, as we always say about Lower Decks, it's a complete love letter to Star Trek and a very generous way of showcasing the technology that has developed throughout all these years. I was just going to say, I completely agree with you. And I never really thought of it that way, but you're so right. I do feel like I, the way that they started it in Lower Deck style is so genius because it puts you in that mindset and it puts you in this frame of mind, no pun intended, of, oh, Star Trek, this is Lower Deck's era. We're in TNG-ish timeline. And then going back to see Pike and everyone else and think about Boimler and Mariner experiencing this. I'm not watching a Strange New Worlds episode, but I absolutely am at the same time. It's so well done. And because of that, the, the love over the different devices, the TS-120 tricorder, you know, the, the exploding tricorder joke, that one killed me because that is TOS's go-to is the exploding tricorder. Um, <laughs> phenomenal i used it in a fan fiction actually so I love that. <laughs> that's how much of a trope it is <laughs> like way before this episode came out yeah well okay i i, I want to dive deeper into this but let's go back to the first scene of this episode because we have basically an episode of lower decks mariner boimler rutherford and tendy are absolutely amped to go down to this planet and take readings of this former time portal but it hasn't been activated in a long time because it was a historic site where i guess like pike's enterprise had a interaction with the portal and were the first to find it tendy says that the orions were the first to like discover it i just love like rutherford especially he's barely in this episode yet he still makes such an impression he like yes. bounces into the room and he's like who's pumped to scan some tell teleron radiation um, <laughs> and then he talks about are that he has a scanning collection because he scans Heronium and he's like, I've never scanned this before. I can't wait to show the guys back in engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing up Rutherford. Thank you. He's so funny in this. And I absolutely love, I'm sure he's not the first to have a scanning collection. Like 
is it on his pad is it just like a, a sheet of all of the things he scanned is it like the actual skins themselves i want more information about this collection this is the cutest thing i'm sure we'll hear about it again <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah so they they scan heronium when they're down there and then rutherford takes a photo of boimler when he's doing the live long and prosper sign of course you know he's got to practice his spock impressions i i, I do that too obviously oh got it gotta stay yeah. fresh yeah exactly <laughs> rutherford takes a picture and that activates the portal so boimler gets sucked in and so welcome to the past boims so he wakes up in sickbay and then later once he's out he's like walking along the hallways with laon and he has to stop because he's like oh my gosh it's a classic scoms operating system and he's completely freaking out over it and laon is like well calm down this tech is so boring it has a low chance of save of changing the future but how about you still like not say anything to me and boimler's just you know shaken by this because of course the enterprise like technology completely changes starfleet and like all the rest of the ships yes. She's briefing him on how to not contaminate the timeline, but I just love he's freaking out over the tech already. Yeah, and he's probably shaking, thinking about how many timeline infra like infractures that Kirk has, you know, and that the Enterprise will have. <laughs> yeah, um, I do love him fangirling over the tech because that is so Boimler and it's so on brand. I love seeing the other crew interact that, you know, they're like, oh my god, why is he so obsessed with all this stuff? And they can't really see the perspective, at least at the moment, until they get to talking about Enterprise, you know? Yeah, well, and this is also when he's freaking out about the tricorder. Like you said, Rihanna, they're back on the planet trying to recreate what happened to get the portal going. And Boimler's freaking out. He says, oh, is it a TS-122? And and Benga's like, no, it's a 120. And he said, man, they they never improved on these tricorders, except, you know, ours are smaller and more powerful and less likely to explode. <laughs> and then <laughs> and Benga, Benga's like, what? He's <laughs> like, explode? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, say that again? <laughs> um, yeah, so good. They find that there is enough heronium for one more jump, because thanks to Spock, they got to work on the portal together. And once they have the portal up, Mariner comes through. And so now they're out of Heronium once more. <laughs> <laughs> this is just incredible because not only do we have a Boimler situation, but now we have a Mariner situation. She is probably even less caring about the Temporal Prime Directive. And so it's really funny to watch them interact with everyone. But mostly Mariner is desperate to hang out with Ahura. And so that's what she, she like says that she's like, oh yeah, can totally help her with communications and then and Boomer's like no you can't like what do you mean and she's like this is my chance to hang out with her I don't ruin this and so I think that that is hilarious you know she's like I'm just gonna like fake it till you make it I can pretend to help her just to hang out and of course then she gets into like therapy with her which is always fun to see Mariner therapy yes <laughs> um, but yeah I think the sort of like pairing off into assignments that Mariner does is perfect because she's like, I'm going to go hang out with her at you, Boibler, should work with Spock <laughs> and just sort of like pushing him because Spock, of course, is one of his idols. And I mean, isn't he for everyone? I mean, absolutely. Well, and I forgot to mention, like one of my favorite parts of this episode is when Boimler is helping the Enterprise track the Orions because they have stolen the portal and the Enterprise has to go after it. And yes. he they don't want they're like they're really trying to avoid this timeline contamination and so una's like no you can't do this like but then she's like wait maybe you can because he says what if i just do it and you don't look <laughs> 
<laughs> and so they have their backs turned to him and this man like he's on he's taking out wires like yes. this is some major like reconfiguration that he's doing to the panel you have to assume that he has to unconfigure it afterwards so they have to do this twice this rigmarole yeah exactly in order to find the orions oh my gosh yeah <laughs> i i just love seeing like the physicality of how much he's like all this effort he's doing alone and to make the backs fix. to him i just i love it they're so careful good job everyone <laughs> exactly and so then we get even more engineering with boimler when he joins spock and they are like in this like science lab it's amazing yes. <laughs> Yes, and they're trying to make their own heronium since they're out. It does not go well because there's a 50 to 50% chance, really, with this heronium. Like, Fock literally says we are separating fizzle isotopes at high speeds. <laughs> and, like, who knows, basically. The chance of explosion is down to a coin flip. Yes, and then <laughs> my favorite, basically my favorite part of this whole episode is when it starts sparking because Boimler helps him. He, basically, Spock says... Boimler is saying in the conference room, oh, Spock doesn't need my help. He's Spock, basically. Like, he's fine. And Spock does say, I do need an extra set of hands. So Boimler is truly there to just help him move this this lid on top of this, like, isotope that they're trying to separate. So it just cracks me up because then it goes wrong and it starts sparking. And Spock starts speed walking out of there with his little <laughs> goggles. And he goes, seek cover. <laughs> Boimler's like, does that mean, like, is, did it go wrong? He's like, yes, seat cover. So I just absolutely die for that. Um, and we get the Boimler scream. Iconic. I was so happy to hear Jack Quaid in his, like, himself <laughs> doing the Boimler scream. We Hall of Fame of screams. I mean, him and Quark yes. are just neck and neck yes. up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this. This reminds me also back in, um, I think, Memento Mori when it just makes me think how often Spock delivers the most insane solution or the most like the craziest science thing you've ever heard with the straightest face. And again, yes. when he's like, seek cover. I mean, yes. mwah, <laughs> it's art. Thank you, yeah. Ethan. <laughs> well, and it's fun to see it like not work in a way, you know, they have to try new stuff. And this is kind of what happens in Subspace Rhapsody, you know, and there, we see a lot of this in engineering and Strange New World. They're actually failing, which doesn't yeah. happen. Like we never see that. Yeah. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because it really keeps the plot moving and, and has them having to try new stuff. And so, yep, we're in another conference room. Turns out they need to figure out another way to make this heronium. They have their conversation, which is another iconic moment about La with La'an and the grapplers. <laughs> Just because they start talking about the Enterprise, the NX-01. So now we're having a whole Archer moment and a whole Enterprise moment, which in the crossover episode is truly phenomenal. Yeah, they're worshiping the Enterprise and Pike is like geeking out about like, oh my yeah. gosh, if I was on Archer's ship, I could not deal. Yeah. Um, and they all realizing, oh my gosh, we sound like Boimler and Mariner. <laughs> mm -hmm. But exactly. what, again, Rihanna, we have to end this Star Trek worshiping episode with a serious Star Trek trope, which mm -hmm. is that the worshiping of the Enterprise leads to the engineering solution. When a new ship is constructed, they use a piece of the last ship to bear its name as part of the construction for it and so they go to the they go to engineering and they lift up the floor and then there's a little there chunk of of the nx which is lovely yay oh i love that what a great solution yeah love for the enterprise saves the enterprise um <laughs> <laughs> that's iconic <laughs> can't make this stuff up yeah you really can't yeah and they're able to be sent back through the portal wow 
That's amazing. Wow. We love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. A a absolutely amazing episode. Way more engineering than I thought. I just, I'm so happy we ended with that episode because it's just what Star Trek is all about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so true wow. we wanted to be our little campy ourselves at the end of this episode <laughs> yep absolutely <laughs> oh i love i love those old scientists thank you for choosing these amazing episodes for our watch list ashlyn and thank you all for listening today to us wax poetic about <laughs> strange new worlds for a few hours and speaking of thanking people i want to thank anna f for joining our son's of Duras tier on the Patreon. Sons of Duras. Ooh, okay, that one little guy. Presumably <laughs> a nephew of Duras. <laughs> oh my god. So thank you so much to Anna F for joining our House of Duras tier on the Patreon. We really appreciate you. So now we have 18 patrons. We very, very exciting. So we are looking to get, we got, so we got one. So we are looking to get four more patrons by the end of 2023, just in order to help further some of our endeavors that we are planning for you in 2024. More Ooh. details will be announced soon. But so in addition to Anna F, I also want to thank our other patrons like Jordan Hirsch, Megan Chowning, Sci-Fi Haven, MC Freudis, Spotted Giraffe, Isabel, David Willett, Curlon Nascos, Rick Mason, John T. Bolds, Gildara, Never Otter Even, Anna Post, T. Alexander, Ivan Fetch, and Michelle. Thank you so much for being members of our Patreon. Yay! Thank you everyone so much. We appreciate you listening today. Check out our feed for upcoming news about what our catch-up episode will be. We need your votes. We need your opinions, your thoughts, your wants, your wishes, all the above. So thank you so much. Ashlyn, thank you for potting with me today. This has been so, so fun. Yeah, what a blast. Honestly, truly, truly enjoyed watching all of Strange New Worlds. And I am very excited to talk Prodigy next week with you, Rihanna. And then, yes. as you said, and Gabby, yeah. and Gabby, Gabby girl will be joining. So we can't wait. Thank you so much, Rihanna. Thank you. Don't let those Pataks get you down. Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the 10th episode of our engineering series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss Rock Talk, Jacob Pong, and Zero in Star Trek Prodigy. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, and Twitter to check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating $1, $6, or $23 per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive rewards for each tier. You can also find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, death fakeouts, first officers, spooky, and the holodeck series. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, 
please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media, marketing, and editing is done by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Okay, you ready? Get yourself a couple of more guys, it'll be a fair fight. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Okay, now I'm ready. Cupcake. <laughs> And he just credited his cupcake, like, iconic. We love cupcake. The greatest joke in Star Trek. Okay. You know, I think that actor passed away. Don't say that. <laughs> I know, cupcake passed away. But I wrote him in my fanfic. You gotta tell me that ain't true. Well, just because the actor died doesn't mean the character did. <laughs> that's true. But damn, <laughs> that's really depressing. I'm gonna look at that in a new light now. Yeah, I know, right? All those <laughs> in a new light. Cupcake makes it to the third movie, like... <laughs> That's really impressive. I kind of shift Cupcake with someone. Like, who's he going to get with, you know? Any of the security officers, maybe. Or, like, McCoy, maybe. <gasps> they have a little Oh, dalliance. they a have a little fling. Dalliance. Yeah. And they yeah, both bitch the, about Jim. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. They bond about how much they hate Kirk. <laughs> but also, of course, love. <laughs> I'm really glad we're talking about Cupcake's... Um, Insider history. <laughs> wow. What a what a what a man. <laughs> so I'm speechless. <laughs> what a man. And finally discussing those old scientists. <laughs> Where's Subspace Rhapsody? <laughs> <laughs> like legitimately, where did it go? <laughs> Yeah, so uh, editor. Um, Good yeah. luck. So, <laughs> well, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what, that was wild. Then we forgot some space wraps. <laughs> I know. Wow, we're doing great. Um, okay, so uh, we're tenth episode of our engineering series, where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss. Um, we'll discuss Rock Talk in Prodigy. Please follow and us on Jankum fucking Pog, bro. Oh, wait, Rock Talk's a security officer. Rock Talk's not security. Wow. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay, Rock Talk and Jankum Pog. <laughs> this bitch does not remember any character who isn't Quinn or Doc. Fucking Merv. <laughs> you mean Jacote? Jacote Merv. With his little top knot. And Jacote, of course. Spock. Spock, of course. Does not remember Zero. Calls, calls him Zoro. Does not remember. Who the fuck Rock Talks does a position? Oh my god, oh my god. Rock, so. Oh, this is fun. And you didn't even watch Jacob Pogs. You said he was, quote, ugly. (laughs) 
god. <laughs> no love. I'm no so love sorry. For I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> LOL. Okay. <laughs> Let me start the fuck over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just start over. <laughs> Scrap okay. it.